Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. All right, here we are again, Paul. How's it going? Going pretty good, Jack. Yeah. Hopefully we have a better go at it this week than we did last week. Yeah, last week we recorded a really excellent episode, but due to some technical difficulties, it didn't really make it through. No, and you know, that's unfortunate because I truly, we recorded that one at the end of the day. Yeah. And I got home that night and I was talking to Adrian, my wife, and she said something. She was like, boy, you seem like you're in a good mood. And I said, it was a really great podcast. I thought the conversation was great. We covered the topic well. I was really happy with the way it all turned out. So then the next day for you to submit what you had recorded and we listened to that, I went, oh man. Yeah. So what we've learned, there's one particular outlet in the studio that we cannot use. Right. Yeah. It created a, a really nice uh, digital interference that you guys don't want to hear. No, no, um, it was ugly. We'll get to do that one again, but we're going to yeah. wait to, you know, try to catch some of that fire magic. Well, because, you know, we plan, contrary so, to popular belief, we plan things out. So we already had other podcasts scheduled to record this week. I think that popular belief is due to our <laughs> own admissions that we don't plan. We but just we did to, have one this week. We planned. happen to be lucky this time. I do find it funny that... So much of your mood is attached to this here podcast. No, that's why it was weird that I just, I got home and was just in a really good mood about it. And Okay. Yeah. Well, now we're getting closer. We're getting closer to returning to the office, which means if we return to the office, it'll be time to kidnap one uh, CFO. Now, now keep in mind, tech service has been in the office for almost two months now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Overachievers, all of you, I get it. <laughs> but me, the one who matters. <laughs> I'm going back to the office, and I'm the one who shares the office with the CFO. We'll have to see if he has anything to say to me. Surely after we've had his direct reports on, he's finally listened, and it knows that we're up to something. I would think so. He has not responded. I've not gotten any message from him. So my paycheck's still coming. That's right. That's, that's right. Still, that's still working, so yeah. that's important. But anyway, uh, we should have some hijinks uh, when, soon with yeah. uh, Mr. Redfern. But today we had a request and, you know, thanks to those planning skills you were talking right. about actually some time ago. And it, it's kind of hard when we, we get some things because we want to make sure we get you guys the right information and, and the correct information. So we're bringing back an old friend of the show, probably uh, the one of the oldest friends of the show. Yeah, and probably one of our first guests. Of course, his role has changed again, but I don't know what that means anymore. But uh, Sean Younger, <laughs> um, he is our salesman here in St. Louis for uh, our fireproofing products. Sean, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. It's always a pleasure. Liar. Appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> he's a salesman. He has to say that. Well, yeah, he's, he's a good salesman, too. So, Sean, we had an email some time ago talking about wanting to know the difference between ASTM E84 and ASTM E119. They're both related to the fireproofing industry. Yep. E84 is a little bit more common in coatings in general because we will test our mainline coatings with it. But since it was in relation to the E119, we thought it would be a good opportunity to bring Sean in and sit down and talk about this. So quickly, or not quickly, but let's let's give a brief overview of what each standard is. So the, the E84, what are we testing here? Well, first, let's give a definition. E84 is the standard test method 
for surface burning characteristics of building materials. I thought that was the question I asked him to answer. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to get right into talking about it. So I thought I should. <laughs> We're I recording thought... in the morning, so maybe yeah, it's another yeah, cup I of coffee I, I should have. I was like, I thought that's what I just asked. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, basically the E84 test is more of a physical attribute of the product. So you're testing for the actual flame spread and the smoke development of the material, whether it's a wall coating, floor coating, fireproofing material, whatever it is. The ASDM E84 is basically testing to see, it's a 15 minute test, and it basically tests how fast flame will spread across the surface of that material, whether it's a coating or whatever other material is being tested. And then it's classified in one of five categories based on a flame spread index, which we can get into a little bit detail. But it's basically a, a physical characteristic of the product. Okay, so sure. comparing that to a to the E one one nine ASTM E one one nine, those are actual full scale fire tests where uh, an assembly column beam etc is actually ran to a full scale ASTM E one one nine fire environment and is then classified for a one through three hour rating and is published in an actual UL or Intertech or some other accredited laboratories uh, certified directory. Is it accurate to say that an E119 test is an actual fire protection test, but E84 really doesn't have anything to do with fire protection. It's just telling us how fast does it burn? Well, there's a lot of confusion on these two things because, you know, the E84, like I said, is only... Basically, the, the, the test, you, you spray your fireproofing material on these boards, and they put it in this uh, called a Steiner tunnel test, which they basically measure how fast does it take flame to spread from point A where they start the fire and how, how far does it travel down the distance of these boards with the material applied to it, where this is just basically giving you an idea of the burning characteristics of the product. Okay, so some materials are going to burn faster than others. Like we talked about with plastics, foams obviously would have a very high flame spread and other materials like, you know, certain uh, water-based products, especially like intumescent fireproofing and cementitious fireproofing, things like that would have tend to have a lower flame spread. So it's just basically, it's a more of a physical property test of the product. So you had mentioned that these are based on an index. It's like an index character not necessarily a feet per minute or anything, but it's an index. So it must be based on something. What are the two, like the two endpoints or the two points that they establish this scale from? Yeah, the scale is based on, um, there's Douglas fir or red oak is uh, used as a wood material that's based as kind of like a control sample. And they also use uh, cement board. So cement board has a flame spread of zero. Your Douglas fir would have a flame spread of 100. Um, again, that's just an index or a factor. It's not an actual value. It's just basically saying, okay, compared to these two, this is how this product falls in that uh, spectrum of flame spread and smoke. So if you're burning less than the wood, you're going to get a number lower than wood has. And if you're burning faster, you're going to get a number higher than that. Correct. Yeah. There's actually five different categories that products can be classified in. For commercial construction projects, they're generally looking for class A rated materials, which has a flame spread of zero to 25. You have class A, B, C, D, and E. Obviously, the flame spread increases with each uh, category. It's interesting that you mentioned that. You said building materials. So it's not just the coatings that get tested with this ASTM E84 method. Pretty much all the building materials get tested. Yeah, and any type of uh, building material, I guess, that they're 
would be concern about possible flame spread. And it's all about compartmentalization. You know, we talk about fireproofing, we talk about fire stopping, all that. This comes into play there where you're talking about compartmentalization of fire. You don't want anything to spread from one area to the other. That's what they're worried about, flame spread. So if something would start burning in one room and then race across into another room and expand the fire. So that's why they're always looking for materials especially on the fire protection side, that are going to have very low numbers and limit the amount of flame spread that can go from one area to another area. Also with controlling the fire, you're trying to give as much time for life to get out, whether that's people, animals, whatever it is. You want them to get out of the fire area. So the slower it transfers from one zone to another, the more time people are going to have. Correct. And and just to touch on, there is two components to this type of rating. For one thing, this is a 15-minute test. So an ASTM E84 listing is only a... 15 minute flame spread protection. That's it. You're not going to get an hour rating. You're not going to get a half hour rating. There's a lot of confusion in the industry there. We have some manufacturers touting things that aren't necessarily part of this uh, type of certification. The other thing is there's smoke generated. When materials are burning, obviously you're going to get smoke. So materials are also rated and get a smoke index of anywhere between zero and 450. And then anything less than 50 or less is considered a class A rated for the smoke component of the E84 test. So in a typical commercial specification, we're going to see the spec call out for our products that are class A rated. We'll have a flame spread, which is your E84 of zero to 25 and generally a smoke development index again from zero to 50. It could be lower, could be higher, but that's typical uh, range that you see in a commercial spec. And these are the kind of things that are easily accomplished by our you know, passive fire protection coatings. It's, you know, some of the other coatings that may not do that, but they're not really designed to have that flame spread. So it's important that we look at how fast the fire spreads because we don't want to be contributing to that. But because our intumescence and uh, cementitious fireproofing are designed for so much more, the E84 test really isn't that hard for them to do. Yeah, I mean, all of our products I'd say across the board, both on the cementitious SFRM side and intumescent, all of our products are class A rated. So all of them meet that class A criteria for both flame spread and for smoke development. And then a lot of manufacturers could get into a a game of trying to specify specific numbers, you know, to try to Mm -hmm. promote certain products here and there. But essentially, like I said, that what matters is what that international building code is requiring is that class A. Like I said, the typical values that we see is, is 0 to 25 on the flame and then the 0 to 50 on the on the smoke. So anytime you hear an ASTM E84 or a product saying it has a, you know, can provide an hour rating over wood or something like that, that's not what E84 is meant and that's not what the test actually tests for. Everybody's familiar with our Carbothane 134HG. But what we did is we took that and we put some more UV resistance in there. And that's where we got the Carbothane 134 UV Ultra. This exceeds the SSPC coding specification number 36, level 3A. That is the highest you can get. Can't get any higher than that. So this is the top of the line UV resistance that you can get in a polyurethane. It is suitable for your AWWA OCS systems uh, 5, 6, and 7. But basically, you would want to use this anywhere where you want exceptional UV resistance, color and gloss retention. This is your product, the Carbothane 134 UV Ultra. The ASTM E119 does test those properties. Yeah, and that's where a lot of confusion comes in. Is like, where's ASTM E119 versus E84? Again, the E84 is just a property of the material. 
the ASTM E119 is actual fire test certification, ran full scale at either UL, Intertech, with load applied. We're talking about testing full scale columns, beams, beam assemblies, floor assemblies, roof assemblies. And it's full scale, like I said, at either UL or Intertech. It's it's done with, with the load being applied because these, the you know, if you're testing uh, floor assemblies, the materials can fail by temperature and they can also fail by the ability to carry the load. So there's like a deflection of that floor once it deflects to a certain point. That's when the test actually ends at that point. So that's where you're rated at. So similarly to other physical properties and certifications, I would say if you compared this to a potable water lining, you know, you can take that same coating in any of our coatings and we can run an abrasion test on it. We can get a quantifiable number. This is the abrasion resistance that this coating has. It's the same way with E84. You get that index number, gives you a comparison to all the other coatings, and that's really what it does. But when you go into the E119, now you're certifying it for use, kind of like if you had a potable water coating. You you know, all the coatings you can test for abrasion, just like you can E84, but not all of them are going to be certified to that that in use. As you heard Sean talk about the extensive level of testing that happens in order to pass this, you know, you have to have the load and all those things. These are not measures that should be taken lightly. They should actually, you know, if you are advertising our long ratings, you should have tested that via the E119, not the E84. A lot of confusion in the industry, but it is have to focus on everything has to be based on full scale ASTM E119 testing. So whether it has E84 and has a, a UL and signal on the bucket, always make sure that the product that's specified for a structural steel fire resistance rating, which is what we're talking about with ASTM E119, must have an actual UL or Intertech design, should be listed in some fire resistance directory that you could go back and reference that actual design online. Yeah, and those aren't posted by the manufacturer. Those are posted by the testing facilities. Correct. You bring up an important point. Let's talk a little bit about the distinction between the full-scale testing and small-scale testing. Why is it so important that we do the full-scale testing? I can tell you real quickly why it's important we do the full-scale testing. That's part of the reason why we just built an entirely new facility here oh, at Carboline. Sure, sure. Is so that we could do full-scale testing. Now, we're not yet accredited for it. We're still going through that process, but we're working towards being able to do those tests to be able to help move things along in the process, get things done more quickly, do better screening. Yeah, I mean, this full-scale lab is an absolute game changer. Like you said, it's Carbline's the only manufacturer in the North American market that has a full-scale laboratory. We So we're really excited about this. We're going to be able to run full-scale columns, beam assemblies, floor and roof assemblies. Getting back to this small-scale versus large-scale, we know from all of the internal testing we've done, that you could run something on a three-foot or a five-foot column, which is what you would consider as a small-scale mm-hmm. member being tested, and it could pass. It could go for you know one-hour, two-hour, three-hour rating, whatever the thickness is applied. But you scale that up to nine-foot, ten-foot column, same way with a full-scale beam assembly with load applied, everything else, materials perform differently on these larger scales. We know that... Uh, It could be just a physics thing of, you know, the more weight when the material starts to react, you could have kind of liquefy and maybe slide a little bit and maybe pull away from certain areas where you would have more of that happening on a large scale than you would on a small scale. So Mm -hmm. something could hold in place in a small scale, but then would have some fall off or something occur that would make it not perform as well on large scale. Same way on beams. If you got load applied to the top of that floor assembly or whatever assembly you're testing, Mm -hmm. As that heats up, you're going to get deflection. It's going to start bending downward. 
that downward movement of that steel could cause intumescent or SFRMs to pop off or have cracks appear, things like that, which that would be your failure mechanism. So that's why these companies that are touting these small scale tests based on ASTM E119, but not doing the full scale are misleading because they can come up with a much lower thickness requirement for the same hourly rating because it's easier to pass a small scale versus a large scale test. Well, I think that's kind of what Paul was trying to get to is Carboline wouldn't have spent this capital money to build a full scale oven and furnace if we got all the information we needed off of the small scale testing. (laughs) Because we've been small scale testing at this facility for 50 years. Decades, yeah. And we've had that capability. We didn't lose that capability. We kept those ovens, but the small scale- Well, they use a lot less gas. Yeah. The, the idea is that it, it gives you a snapshot, right? It gives you an indication whether something would perform well in full-scale testing, not necessarily that it, it does, because I'm sure, Sean, there's been times over the years where we have done something and it looked great at a short-scale level, but then when we scaled it up, it, it maybe didn't do as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what our R&D team is doing every day. They're running small-scale tests. They might even scale it up from a real small scale, just testing on plates, things like that, and then scaling that up to three-foot, five-foot columns, things like that. That's how we pre-screen our formulas to make sure we got the best candidate to move forward to full scale. And that's what's great about this new furnace that we've built is we can go immediately to full scale now with a UL Witness and really have the tremendous speed to market with these new products. So one of the things that we want to keep in mind, we've talked a lot about ASTM, UL, the National Fire Protection Association, NFPA. This E119, ASTM E119, is the same test that UL 263. If you see either of those two numbers referenced, that is talking about the same set of test parameters. Those are the same. And back to E84 we were talking about a minute ago, ASTM E84 is the same as the UL 723 or the NFPA 255. Those are the same test. They are different than E119 and 263. Talking back to E119, we talked about, you know, obviously the full scale testing. And now that it's a certification, you know, as opposed to a physical characteristic. Because that really is the critical difference for 119 and 263 is that those are talking about the actual failure of an important member to the structure itself, where on an E84 test, honestly, you could consider it failure when it catches on fire. But in the E119 testing, we're waiting to see there's a steel beam that's meant to stay there to keep everybody safe. And how long until that beam fails is really what we're looking at. And it can burn all day long. Steel's going to take a lot of temperature before it starts to fail. But when it does, it happens pretty quickly. Yes. So we're trying to make that time one hour, two hour, three hours longer than it would be. Correct. We're just protecting it from reaching that, that critical failure point, which is, is like a thousand degrees F essentially around that criteria. So right. for, there's different failure criteria for columns and beams without getting into the weeds, but basically there's right. this, this limiting temperature that you're protecting it from reaching. And that's what this, all the, all the fail criteria and how the designs are created are all based on that temperature. Just to wrap it up, to keep things in mind, the E84 is a performance characteristic. It's just like abrasion testing, adhesion testing, anything like that. It is a physical characteristic of your coating of your material. It's how fast flame will spread across that material. The E119 is the actual full-scale fire testing that gives you certification, hourly ratings. It allows your coating to be used for passive fire protection in the building. If you guys have any questions, you know you can always get a hold of Paul and his guys 
is at technicalservice at carveline.com. We can get you in contact with Sean if he's your guy, or there, we have a whole team of fireproofing uh, sales reps that will be more than happy to walk through any of this information with you. Sean, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. And uh, Paul, we'll uh, see you next week. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carboline.